The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I like Moose I will destroy them all. Hello, and welcome to The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Tyler, and unlike my co-host Bill, I have read the manga, like all of the manga that's out so far. So right now up to chapter 135. So I'm not exactly experiencing the events of this season for the first time like Bill is. Um, But that said, I'm going to keep this uh, discussion of episode 61, Midnight Train, spoiler free. I'm going to throw in at the end of it, I'll give you plenty of warning. Um, I'm going to throw in a section that I, I am going to spoil some things to the manga. So you'll have plenty of warning. So don't worry. Second thing, uh, let's just, uh, I want to tell you what this podcast is going to be like going forward. So uh, me and Bill can't really record together thanks to time zones and uh, having children or schedules just don't line up. So we're going to be doing this in like a sort of like we're sending each other letters we're going to alternate who's talking week from week and there'll be like discourse between us that way, like asking each other questions and stuff. So, yeah. Anyways, um, I was going to put like a, a bill question and answer thing at the beginning of this episode, just resolve his questions. But this episode actually answered most of them. So I'm just going to discuss them as they come up. Uh, so, yeah, let, let's get into it. First of all, I wanted to tell you about my opinions on the episode opening. I actually like it. I know Bill thought it was awful and maybe the worst one. He just thought it was absolute garbage. But I think it's probably the second best opening music. And I really like the animation too. Uh, The first one is an absolute banger and incredibly hard to beat. But the rest were kind of meh. I I like the one. I think it's the second season that has the, the... dinosaur in the beginning in the in the opening and the beast titan and the dinosaur and a well and a bunch of other animals are like running i enjoy that one for the dinosaur in the well but otherwise it's just okay i kind of wish they would have just stuck with the original opening the whole time instead of doing those but yeah so uh i i like the visuals and the music for this opening it kind of reminds me of like a surge tankian song um it's very catchy I don't know any of the words because I don't speak Japanese and there's no subtitles on the opening song. So I don't know what the, the words are, but I, I enjoy it. And I, I like the the visuals, how it's um it's like a it, it, the images of war. You know, it's very, very much sets up the tone of uh, this season without giving anything away. Uh, there's no Titans in it except for the very end. And um, I like how it's black and white. And then there's like explosions of color. It's kind of like the manga being like painted into the anime. Um, also, and and Bill, you can make fun of me for this. This is probably looking way too into it. And it's probably not meant to be, be this deep. But, you know, like the, there's no like black and white in war. It's not like one side's absolutely good. 
one side's absolutely bad, and that, that's what we see in the show. All right, so now on to the episode. So in this episode, um, it's basically the Marley troops, well, the yeah, the Marley troops and the Marley Eldian troops uh, returning from home from their four-year war with the Mideast Allied Forces. We see members of the warrior program and the Eldian unit reunited with their families. Some share stories about their victories, while others struggle to return to a normal life after the horrors they've seen. We also see some making plans for future battles. And uh, right here, we've already answered a few of your questions, Bill. When does this take place? Well, it takes place four years after the return to Shiganshina arc. Um, Hopefully I said that right. I'm going to pronounce a lot of things wrong. And I'm okay with that. And you're just going to have to be okay with that too. Me and Bill have pronounced Shiganshina, Shiganshina, and Chikanshima in the past. So, you know. Anyways, um, so this takes place four years after the Walden Eldians defeated Reiner, Zeke, and Berthold in uh, Shiganshina. So it is set in the future relative to what we've seen so far in the story. But I think what you were looking for is an answer as to whether in our timeline this is in the future or the past. And I have no clue there, Bill. First, we would have to answer if this is even taking place on Earth, which there is some evidence for. And they do have a calendar system. I think it's like the year 840, 850, something like that. But I don't know how that relates to ours, so... I don't know what to tell you, Bill. This this is a fictional universe. This, this is not real. There aren't Titans. More important to the story is that this is taking place four years into the future. And because of that, um, you might remember that down in the basement, we learned that they only live for 13 years after becoming a shifter. So that means some of ours are coming to, you know, the end of their life. Um, and that would be like Zeke has a year left. Reiner and Aaron have about four and Armin has a whole whopping nine years left. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that that's, can't be fun to look forward to. So our episode starts out uh, in the war room where Marley and generals are coming to grips with the fact that despite their victory in the war with the Mideast allied forces, the age of Titans, Titan-dominated warfare is coming to an end, and the rest of the world knows it. The rise of aircraft and just the, the rise of basically World War One. World War II technology is enough to defeat the Titans. So uh, Zeke suggests that they need to take back the founding Titans so that Marley can tout that they at least control all nine Titans, meanwhile developing non-Titan-based weaponry. Zeke also suggests they need to do this while he is still alive because he is not sure that Colt will be able to inherit the full power of the Beast Titan. Uh, Let's unpack some of that. So first, Bill, there are nine Titan shifters. Last episode, you said there were ten, and I'm sure that was just like a rounding error. You you know, you you knew that there were nine Titans, I'm sure. Um, So yeah, we've got the Founding Titan, the Attack Titan, the Female Titan, the Beast Titan, the Armor Titan, the Jaw Titan, the Colossal Titan, the Cart Titan. And in this episode, we we, we get the one Titan that we're missing. Uh, well, we get his name, and that is the Warhammer Titan. So, Bill, you seemingly made up a 10th Titan last episode called the Warrior Titan that you thought Aaron had, but no, Aaron just has the Attack Titan and the Founding Titan. Donald Trump does not, never has had the Founding Titan. He's like a claim to at some point, but dude's a liar. So, um, I, I understand the confusion there. Uh, also, Aaron's dad is dead. You thought maybe he was the one that had the Founding Titan, but no, Aaron ate him. And that's how Aaron got the Attack Titan and the Founding Titan. So, 
You remember that's how Titans work. You eat people and then you get your, their, their Titan powers. So anyways, after the meeting, Colt and Zeke talk. Zeke apologized for throwing him under the bus to further his agenda, which is kind of a weird moment to me because we've seen Zeke just like ruthlessly kill so many people without like any symbionts of remorse. And seeing him be human enough to apologize for being like rude is, is weird to me. Um, anyways, Zeke lights up a cigarette. He looks real cool. Um, and Colt remarks about how there's never been another beast Titan like Zeke. And, you know, like his powers are kind of more similar to the founding Titan. And Bill, the ability that me and Colt are both talking about is, uh, what we saw in the last episode that I told you was totally fucked. And you thought that that was Reiner doing it, but that that was Zeke. Zeke turned all those people falling out of the airplane into pure Titans. And yeah, you know, he did it against their will. They weren't people that wanted to be pure Titans. Nobody wants to be a pure Titan. As far as we know, like once you turn into one, you can't be turned back. Unless Zeke has that power and he's just, you know, never chose to use it. (laughs) But yeah, also a lot of them just died. I'm sure all of them died eventually. Like I don't think... I don't think Marley would just let the pure Titans roam, but then again, I don't think they were, they were obviously weren't in Marley, so maybe they did. So I'm pretty sure, you know, how he has that special technique, that special ability has already been explained to some extent in the anime, but um, I can't really remember. So Bill, this is going to be my first question for you. Um, do you remember what Zeke's special ass wiping technique is? No. Yes, you use the same one. Just just let me know next episode. Uh, next, we see Reiner waking up from a nightmare where Mikasa was chopping him all to bits. And I really love that scene. Um, I like seeing things from Reiner's point of view. Like, that's been the most interesting parts of the manga and the anime to me is just seeing that the villains aren't just, you know, they just don't, they aren't just evil. Like, Reiner and the other warriors that um, attack the wall... They were just like brainwashed kids that didn't really know what they were doing. So I have a lot of sympathy for him. Uh, we also see Porco for the first time in the scene, and I, <laughs> I immediately hated him. I don't know how you guys, how, Bill, how did you feel about Porco? One, his name's Porco, but <laughs> I don't remember really feeling any way in particular about him while reading the manga. But seeing him treat Reiner like so shitty... And the way he talked about Ymir, it just like made me instantly dislike him. Uh, so Bill, Ymir, do you remember who Ymir is? Because I asked you last time, did you remember seeing like a previous Jaw Titan? Um, and you were like, maybe in like a funny cartoon, you know how they have the end of the manga sometimes. And no, it was Ymir. She was like a pretty big character in the first and second seasons at least. I don't know if she was in the third. Don't think so. But first and second season, she was a pretty big character. And in the second season, we find out that, oh, no, she can turn into the Jaw Titan. Like, holy shit. And yeah, so she got that power by eating Porco's younger brother. No, older brother, uh, Marcel, who was friends with, I guess, friends. They were in the warrior program with Reiner and uh, Annie and Berthold. And so, yeah, like... Come on, come on, Bill. You you remember Ymir? She had a thing for Krista, and she like sacrificed. She like surrendered herself to Reiner and Bertold to, 
I don't really know why. I don't remember. Um, maybe she felt guilty for eating their friend. Um, yeah, I really don't remember. Never really understood why she did that instead of just helping the like walled-in Eldians, but she does. Her surrendering herself, I don't know. I feel like Porco should have some appreciation for her instead of just speaking about her being like so weak like being like a weak person to have such a strong name because ymir is also like a godlike figure in uh this universe and i mean sure she killed his brother but she was a mindless titan so it's not like it was her fault really she was just a, a victim of the system and then she gave the power back so you know he only has that power because of her, and it's weird to me that he doesn't see it more from her perspective, being as he only knows about this stuff through her memories. We also get, and I'm going to say her name wrong, because it's either Pick or Peck. Um, I think it's Peck. That's what I'm going to go with. Feel free to tell me I'm wrong. So we get introduced to Peck, who is the cart titan, and... Um, yeah, we don't get that much of her in this episode, but she seems really nice. And I find her like sleeping, laying down all the time is like super relatable. Just being exhausted as a new father. It's a very relatable thing. And <laughs> I think it's interesting that she's been in the Titan form for months. And I know her Titan has that ability, whereas like the other Titans, like at one point we see Aaron like being absorbed into his attack Titan. And um, I guess the reason she does that is because it probably takes like special equipment to put all of like the weapons on her. And, you know, like they can't just like remove those, put them back onto the field. It takes a lot of time. And yeah, it's just not practical. So I guess she just stays in time form and keeps that on her all the time, which must suck. So skipping ahead a bit. Uh, the next interesting thing that happened in this episode to me was on the train. Uh, we get a drunken cult. Um, he gets like all the Eldian soldiers like really riled up, celebrating Gabby, destroying that train, like holding her over their head. They're like, you're the savior of Eldia. Woo, Gabby. Yay. Meanwhile, motherfucking Falco sucks in the corner with Reiner. Uh, Reiner tells Falco that Gabby is most likely to be the next armored Titan. And Falco just like loses his shit because being one of the nine is essentially a death sentence you get to live a whole 13 more years. And he says, like, Gabby, you really want to see her, like, die when she's 27. Like, you know, she looks up to you. She idolizes you. And he immediately takes it all back when Reiner just, like, snaps and reprimands him about insulting the warriors and about, you know, how it's an honor to be one of the Nine Titans. But in reality, Reiner doesn't feel any of that anymore like that's how he felt at the time but i i think he just knows like it's dangerous for an eldian to talk like how falco was so reiner tells falco that he must be the next armored titan to rescue gabby from the dark future that awaits us and i think by that he's probably referring to the fact that they die in 13 years um or you know just like being in war or more i don't know but yeah it's his like little cousin and he's protective of her i don't really know what falco and gabby's relationship is like why falco is so protective of her and maybe he just feels that way for everyone and you know he wants to take on that responsibility so someone else doesn't have to 
Um, but yeah, this is one of the things I like about Reiner. He's able to see like both sides and, you know, he knows the whole warrior program is just like absolute bullshit. Like there's no honor in it. Like he was just like a terrified kid and, you know, it really messed with him, like having to go kill lots of people like that. That's not something you want to do. Um, and like he really know he knows that the people on the island aren't island devils. They're just, you know, people. And uh, being an honorary Marleyan really means nothing when they still treat you like a second class person. Like you're, yeah, you're, you're still treated like garbage. So um, I don't really understand why Falco would feel this way, though. I, I don't know what's happened to him in the past that's given him this kind of perspective. Because like most Eldians seem caught up in like all of Marley's lies. Maybe not to the extent Gabby is like. Gabby and kind of the rest of the Braun family are just seem to be like 100% all in like people on the island are evil and they make us look bad so we have to defeat them but you know um Falco's brother Colt doesn't really seem any different from the rest of the people like he's all on board killed island folk I think so I have to believe that Falco had a pretty standard brainwashing you know early childhood so what makes him different I don't know so, Bill, I kind of agree with you about Falco seeming like a pussy, but not actually being one. Uh, I wouldn't have used those words, and it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like how, like, Armin seems like a total wimp until you see him, like, sacrifice himself fighting the um, colossal titan, and his clothes get burned off, and you realize he has a fucking eight-pack, and then you're like, oh, shit, am I the pussy? Like, Armin could beat my ass, and, like, yeah, Ar- Armin's not wimp. He's not a wimp. Like, he, he's swole, apparently. <laughs> um, but I think what's really happening in both of these cases is that you have absolute psychopaths, Aaron and Gabby, doing, like, you know, badass things constantly, just, like, running in, not caring if they die. And next to them, you have the more grounded characters, like Armin and Falco. They seem weak in comparison because they don't do stupid things like rush into battle headfirst, you know. But uh, in reality, Falco is like a pretty brave kid. I mean, he was able to show compassion to that soldier in the last episode um, in a war zone, you know, like pretty level headed. You know, he didn't want to just kill him because, you know, he might get killed by him. Um, even though that person was a total dick and didn't want to be touched by Falco because he was Eldian. Um, and then in this episode, we see Falco help out like that one Eldian soldier with the like armband on the wrong side and missing a leg. Um, and I, I think all of these things are like pretty good indicators of, you know, him being a good, well-rounded character. So I don't think he's a pussy. Next up, we get an awkward dinner at the Braun house. Gabby's bragging about how she took down this train. Like, we've been hearing about this train, like, the whole episode. Like, Gabby's going to be the next um, Armored Titan. And, like, uh, Reiner's mom is super excited to hear that. Uh, Reiner, you know, tell her that he's pretty sure she's, like, a sure win to be the next Titan. And that's weird. Like, she's like, yay, we're going to have another warrior in the family. But that means that her son is going to get eaten by her niece. And that's just fucked. Like, why is she excited about that? Um, The whole Braun family, like, talks about how their lives would be so much better if the island devils were just, like, wiped out. Like, they just disappeared. And uh, Reiner then tells them about the awful devils. Starting with a classic. Um, he, he gives the potato story, you know, how Sasha, uh, was eating a potato (laughs) when she was supposed to be training. And, um, yeah, he, they really like put like 
like some kind of like dramatic writer delivers this very dramatically and like how it's not shot but how it's uh framed is very dramatic he's like and she offered the commanding officer half of her potato but it wasn't even half these island devils they know no limits and um yeah so then he talks about a few other people and if you weren't sure he was talking about they make it a lot more clear in the manga because they show an image of who he's talking about while saying the things so uh marco is the one who only thinks of others i call him gene but i know his name is john and especially now i also do a star trek podcast so like you know there's john luke picard i should really see this name and see john but i look at this and i see gene anyways so john he's the one who only thinks of himself and then another one i pronounce wrong according to the anime is i call him connie but apparently it's coney uh coney is the one who forgot why he went to the bathroom I don't remember that happening, <laughs> but I guess I don't. maybe that actually happened at some point, or maybe they were just like, hey, he's stupid. I don't know. And then uh, obviously you've got Aaron being like the rash one and then Mikasa and Armin being the one, the idiots that follow in after him. So um, Ryder ends that by saying that, you know, there were all kinds of people on the island, which really pisses off his mom because I don't really know. I, I don't know if she's just 100% bought into the Marley lie. Or it's just, you know, like, she shuts the window. So, you know, like, she doesn't, definitely doesn't want, like, any, like, Marley soldiers or anyone to police, I guess. Like, to hear, uh, like, someone in her household talking somewhat positive about the people on the island for fear. So, I I don't know if she actually believes that the Eldians on the island are all evil. Like maybe it's just like easier to blame them for all their problems versus accepting that, you know, like no one alive is really at fault for their suffering other than the Marley people who like can keep this going, the system going. And the final bit of the episode is in the war room. We have the warriors talking about going back into... I don't know if it's Paradise or Paradise. It's spelled Paradise, but I feel like it's still pronounced Paradise, the island. So you're talking about going back there to take back the um, founding Titan. And in order to do that, they're going to use the um, Warhammer Titan, like the family with the Warhammer Titan, to sort of rile. I don't really what are they doing with him? I guess they're using that family to sort of get support for going back to the island. Um Anyways, they tease that we're going to see the Warhammer Titan at some point, which is pretty cool. And yeah, that's about it. And I guess we're going back to the island at some point, probably. So, you know, that that that's cool. Um, but yeah, there's not much else there. So I thought it's a pretty good episode. It's really hard to talk about episodes that don't have like action set pieces to break things up. So I hope this wasn't boring for you. Um, I don't really have any more questions for you, Bill, other than do you know how Zeke wipes his ass? But I'll send you a few. Like, There's some things in this episode that I want to ask you about, but you need to know other things first. So if you learn those things in the next episode, I'm going to ask you about them. So yeah, that that is it. Um, I'm going to play some the, our outro music that lasts for like 20, 20 30 seconds. And then I'm going to talk spoilers about chapter 135 and how it relates to some of these episodes. Uh, so if you don't want to hear any mega spoilers, you need to get out of here. But yeah, check us out at um, Coordinate Pod. I think we're, yeah, Coordinate Pod on Twitter. You can email us at coordinatepod at gmail.com. 
And my Twitter handle is Jack's Catcold. And Bill's is at Matunica. If you want to chat with us about this, uh, we also have a Discord you can join. There's a link down below. But yeah, until next time, I don't know. We don't have a sign off. <laughs> uh, don't get eaten. So, if you haven't read chapter 135, one more quick reminder, stop listening. Bill, do not listen to this. You haven't read the manga this far. Stop it. So, um, so yeah, the only thing I really want to talk about is motherfucking Falco. Is Falco going to be the hero of the story? I don't know. Like, I have not seen him as being that important of a character until we got episode 60 of the anime and we see that scene with him having like waking up from a dream being like was i just flying around with swords in my hand how could he have a memory of using like odm gear unless unless he eats aaron at some point and you know like the memories get sent back because as far as i know the attack titan's the only titan that can do that so that's weird um yeah the other thing i wanted to talk about is i was just curious if you guys think that uh zeke is dead at this point like i feel like zeke has to be dead uh, the beast titan we saw in chapter 134 was you know just like one of the mirage not really mirage they're real uh, one of the titans that, you know, we see in 135 that Aaron can just create on his back. That's a weird thing to say. But yeah, so I'm curious if the fact that Falco can now turn into a bird and he's saying it's because there was previously a beast titan with that could fly. Um, if, if he's just the beast titan now, because I mean he had Zeke's spinal fluid or, you know, I guess it was a spinal fluid. He had Zeke's spinal fluid in his system. If all of the other like mindless Titans got killed and Zeke died, could like, could Falco just have inherited the ability, the abilities that way? Like we don't really know how they work. Um, or I guess it could be like how uh, he was talking to Annie about possibly, you know, having being, a titan shifter who consumed another part of another titan shifter he got the powers that way i don't know but falco's a bird yeah uh so bill doesn't check our email usually so if you want to send in your theories about what the hell's going on with falco and is he gonna save the day like you know feel free send them to coordinatepod at gmail.com and another thing i was thinking there's something in this episode that um it gets mentioned that uh, one of the generals is like, or the general for Marley is like, don't you have any flying titans? And so, yeah, we do now. Uh, and yeah, and, and uh, that's, uh, that's it. So, yeah, and I don't know how, 
And how Falco, how is motherfucking Falco going to eat Aaron? Man, this, this is going to be crazy. Hey everyone, Scott here with my good pal Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies Jay and Bill. The RPG After Years. The After what? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. I thought RPG was Rocket Propelled Grenade. No, RPG stands for Role Playing Game. It's a genre of video game. Every week, we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. So an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.